All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Dudes in One Cart. I'm here with John, and we're joined by a special guest, Mr. Matt McCurry. Uh, Matt, now, do am I supposed to call you uh, Champ, or uh, you're the uh, reigning Hillview champion? Are you not? I, I am two time champion, so whoa, <laughs> we'll whoa, take it. So man. He just dropped both. Are you back to back? I am back to back. Oh, for yeah. God's sakes! God oh, I didn't. Know. It's like having royalty on here almost. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, I I wanted to get you on here. Um, I know I you, didn't, but he did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I know you've. Uh, if you could give us a little background before we get into a lot of. Uh, questions i kind of want to get in into um nil since we recently had this nick dunlap come in as a sophomore from alabama who's now turned pro which i want to say we called that on this podcast um, yeah. and now he's turned pro but i want to talk about what that's like as far as uh being a collegiate athlete and what your thoughts are on nil money uh, but let's hear a little bit of back of your background and where you are today and where it all started. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I grew up in Texas. So whenever I was playing golf, uh, it was kind of a, it was fortunate for me. It was a luxury. So I was able to play year round, um, play really well, uh, in high school out there. Um, and then I went collegiately over to a small private Christian university down in Kentucky, Asbury university, um, had a really good career there, um, won the 2017, um, uh, conference championship and was able to go to the national, tr national tournament after that. And then 2018, uh, took my team to the national championship and was player of the year there. Um, and then, uh, kind of moved around, was working in the golf industry a little bit. Um, and then went back to Asbury and coached for two years as the head coach for the men's and women's golf team. Um, and then my wife and I kind of decided it was kind of make a move back closer to her family. So, um, back up in Indiana now, and then I'm just, uh, working as a salesman and playing more golf that I can, uh, count on my hands. So it's actually kind of nice. And, uh, now I'm just playing as an amateur and playing any tournaments that I possibly can and just trying to get better. So, so you were flying high with the Asbury Eagles. I was flying high with the Asbury Eagles for sure. Okay. I just had to look them up to see what their mascot was. So, yep. Very <laughs> That's a very good name for a, you know, a college golf team, you know, for the Eagles. We make them and yeah. that's our mascot. Exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic too because high school it was uh, purple and gold for me and then Asbury's purple and white. So, kind of had purple my whole entire life in the golf wardrobe. Oh, yeah. I, I thought there for a small instant, Matt, that um, John actually did a little research before a podcast interview, and I was wrong. He did it while on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Working on the fly. Hey, you got to. You got to. Hey, at least your mascot's better than my high school mascot. We were the Laporte Slicers, so our golf team got a lot of crap. Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> High and right. High and right. <laughs> it's my go-to shot. So, Matt, um, 
what what's your feeling on that? I, I'm making the, the assumption that, uh, that during your time in college, that there the NIL money was was not uh, was not present at your time. Yeah. So, what's your thought on that? As uh, it, it's an intriguing topic to me, but just for the simple fact that it feels like golf is the only collegiate sport that really has two very strong governing bodies, one being the NCAA, the other one being the USGA. And it seems like they molded this system. uh, Well, not only probably because they had to, given the, you know, college football, college basketball, college baseball, the NIL deals going to them, that they had to make a move. But with your time in golf, do you feel like that was the right move um, considering, uh, you know, the character, the value um, that's in the game of golf. Um. Yes, in re- in regards to the nil deal, um, to me it seems like it's just become more of a popularity thing, and we're going to give you more money the how popular you are. Um, so whenever I was, whenever I was in there, obviously like I'm at a small private Christian university, like there's going to be nobody that's going to kind of pay attention to our school and what's kind of going on with it. I mean, we're going to look at the NCAA, um, and try to see who the top athletes are out there in that regards. But to me, it seems like, and I guess you can speak more on it. It just kind of seems like if you have the, who has the most Twitter followers, who has the most Instagram followers, and then kind of not really that. And I saw one, one uh, article that said they're kind of taking away from like what you actually are doing inside the sport and just what they're focusing, like they're focusing away from the games now, which is kind of ironic, but obviously we're supporting football and men's basketball the most within that. So. Well, and, and I think that one, you're, you're right in a certain sense, but I don't know if you if you dig into it like I do, but like now, um, where John Daly Jr. plays at Arkansas, they they've come up with some deal that's called like Arkansas X, and a lot of it is basically if you remember back in the day when it was like booster money and so on and so forth. So the yeah. so schools like you went to when you have being a private college and the people that have graduated from there that have moved on to affluent careers or whatever could mm-hmm. put could put money in there um yeah and make that available but at the same time it to me it's a, it's just a little puzzling it's it's one of those things like we've we've been so hardcore over the past i don't know 30 years or whatever on college athletes and then all of a sudden we realize that universities are making you know depending on the billions, college, a lot of, you know, billions <laughs> yeah, right? of dollars <laughs> And it's all in these kids, and and on one hand, I'm I'm in complete. I, I I'm I'm fine with it, but the way that the USGA molded it around is a little weird. But I think when you have guys, um, even golfers, if when you look at now in recent news, you got Anthony Kim talking about uh, making a comeback, and you mm-hmm. look at his career, how he was, how he got injured. So you think. Here's a guy, not not unlike this Nick Dunlop, that's, you know, playing really good golf, but one bad swing or not even a bad swing, introduce a, a tree root 
so you know somewhere in that something like that and he could be out you know it's no different yeah. than a football player one bad hit taking out your knee you you more likely you can come back but you may not be the same player if that makes sense yeah yeah 100% so like to speak on that also is i mean is anthony kim going to be able to pay the money back to come back just to go off topic for a second <laughs> Uh, I believe that, uh, well, I mean, Live Golf has reportedly already offered him um, $10 million uh, to cover that for a one-year deal. And, you know, basically you're guaranteed there that you're going to win money in the tournament. So it's not like he's going to be out any money. So I have the $10 million to pay back his insurance, and then he's going to make right. money every time he plays. Um PGA Tour obviously is not going to offer that, but I don't think there's a world in which Anthony Kim doesn't go, hey, I'm coming back to golf and doesn't pick up a sponsor that's going to cover that $10 million. I mean, mm-hmm. how many guys have signed anything of that are any good of a player that's been less than than that for a sponsorship deal? You know, whether it's how club deal, I mean, unless you're a titleist or ping, uh, you know, Taylor made or Callaway are going to fork out the bucks. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. John, what do you think? I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not a for Kim returning or, I mean, I think it'd be cool just because it gets some flashy, but yeah, I think he's going to get, he's going to get paid up. I hope he goes to live and hopefully gets a little bit more attention to them, you know, um, as far as the NIL stuff, there's a lot more NIL golf deals than I actually realized. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like if John like, Daly with the Hooters. Yeah. I mean, um, that Caleb, uh, Surratt from university of Tennessee is a freshman. He got, uh, mm-hmm. I guess a pretty notable deal. Um, there's some even some female golfers I saw uh, that that got some stuff like Beats by Dre and some other. Uh, yeah, let's see, Adidas, Callaway, American Express, the Rose Zhang out at Stanford University, and then you got that NBA championship dude, um, J.R. Smith came back and he's sponsored by Lululemon playing yeah. playing college golf at North Carolina. Well, you know, Caleb. Is uh, I believe he's going to be on John Rahm's team. <laughs> I think he's 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 with Liv, I believe. Yeah. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's just it's crazy. I mean, and what what Steve, you know, you you dive into this stuff more than I do. What is the cash amount these college kids can win now? Is it a thousand? Is it six hundred? Uh, I think now it's I think now it's a thousand. I think they moved yeah. it up. It was a. F- 500 i think for well so for, for first place now they can limit it from 750 to a thousand and that's the max limit that they can depending on i guess however many amateurs they have signed up or whatever okay and then honestly like i was going to speak on that too like honestly i think that's our biggest problem is with that's what needs to be raised for golfers in the amateur world like we're, we're talking about expenses and everything and like obviously the nil is out there now and that could be used also in a different way with golfers 
to get money to like help them start their pro career because we know how expensive it is to even try to start doing something like that. Um, it, it can make you broke in two seconds. Like I've seen it firsthand, but as far as getting these, getting more money to college golfers and supporting them, like we could raise the, we need to raise the price funds for golfers. Like we're limiting it to only a thousand dollars. And I mean, honestly, the real people that are making out with the money are the ones that are in like support or that are starting the tournaments, the to host tournaments or um, whatever to, it does to take to kind of run it. But, um, and obviously like golfers can get on there and I've seen this before, but they'll get, they can go on Instagram and post a one way video mm. of trying to teach something, but they can't receive instruction coming back or that's whenever they get dinged. You know what I mean? So um, there's some ways to try to make money, but at the same time, it's, I mean, it's all around social media, like rightfully so you just got to get, get the people right. So. Well, my, my thing with that, and, and I started reading through all the legal gibberish that the USGA and the NCAA have put together, but overall, the way I understood it was the fact that, like you said, it's correct. They can only do one-way teaching. They cannot have anybody else on there with them um, to mm -hmm. be actually teaching someone, Um I'm not real clear on say, um, you know, if you get X amount of followers on Instagram, I'm not sure on that money, but it really only outlines it for collegiate golfers. It doesn't say just any amateurs. So my, my thing is you take all these guys that play YouTube golf and does that make every one of them a professional now? So, uh, say your Grant Horvath, which I think a lot of these guys have already claimed pro status, but you take a lot of guys yeah. like that that are really good at golf that are making, you know, making a living and now Grant's doing teaching. But the way I understand it is like those guys can't go and do a uh, US AM run. Like, you know what I mean? They can't do that because they don't fall into that window of just being a collegiate athlete. It's like, they've kept the same rules for every other amateur unless you play for a college. And it, it just seems weird to me. And maybe I, I could be misinterpreting, but that's the way the portions that I've read, that's the way it reads anyway. As far as in like, I guess what's the, what's the difference on it again that you're saying? Uh, the way I read it was that if you are not a collegiate athlete, then you don't fall into those windows you don't fall into the you can do this or do that that if yeah you, and that yeah. yeah i agree i agree with that that's i mean it's it's touchy and at the same time i'm sure that they're receiving money with their youtube videos but then again are they looking at it as like a one-way window um right or are they seeing it as a teaching moment like where is their money actually coming in at um but as far as like amateurs that are i mean like let's say like the mid-am guy like mid-am guys that are not in college like it's the same thing for them right so right. where where's where's a line kind of get drawn in that regards I, and that's the part that that's really unclear and i think that's the bonus and I, I i think this is where um the pga tour needs to really watch out um because if I'm an amateur like Caleb or uh, like 
even Nick Dunlap, I, I, I would have really thought my way out as far as where I wanted to go. If I go to live, mm-hmm. I get a bonus, I make money. Um, if this doesn't work out over my four years, I'm still whatever, 20, let's say 25 when you're 26. So I think uh, Dunlap's like 22. So if you have to give four years up, you play there four years, you're still 26, but you're sitting on this money. And like you said, you have the money to now pursue an actual career and qualify and play your way into an event if you need to. Or if you've played well on live and you have a little bit of status behind your name that you can, you can get in these, you know, get in these tournaments, tournaments, just even on name recognition. But that's one of the biggest things that the PGA tour is missing. You know, we mm-hmm. spend all this time watching the top half a percent of the top 1% that are playing well on a given weekend and you're not seeing the other freaking 49 guys or the hundred, you know, the rest yeah. of the 150 players that aren't making it, that aren't making any money that are living off either somebody as a benefactor and providing them money so they can go and play and try to make a run at it. And they're going to have to pay them back kind of like a uh, Willie Wilcox. If you're familiar with him, um, mm. a lot of guys have done that, but if the PGA tour would kind of let that money trickle down you know and and treat these guys instead of subcontractors you know be paying them something so they can continue on tour and i know that the biggest thing is hey play better well you know what we we're all trying yeah but it's like if if you've ever watched or looked at any scores for monday qualifying when you've got to drop you know 61s or 62s on a regular on a yeah a decent course. I mean, it, it's, it's not an easy life. It's not for everybody, but something's going to have to change just because of, uh, the, the world is changing. The world of golf is changing. It's, it's evolving. And it, now it's to a point where it, it has to evolve. Well, a hundred percent. And, and honestly, and, and to go a step further, like it's just golf is getting more and more expensive, but yet as an amateur, you're not seeing a change, but you're seeing a change in the professionals like money. So you're seeing a change in like what's actually bringing it in. Um, And to notice like another difference is if you look at like entry fees, like I was just looking at this today, it's a $125 for me to enter a tournament on just a, like just a local tournament and then 140 for a professional but they're making five grand and I'm making seven fifty. So where's, I guess, where's the line being drawn? Like, do you drop the entry fee for amateur? So you make it more affordable also, or do you start like, again, my point, I think the only way to kind of fix this is that you gotta, you gotta raise money being intaken for amateurs so that they can actually survive as well and try to do something. And it's not, you're not even getting a thousand dollars. You're getting shop credit most of the time too. You know what I mean? So um, there's very little where you can take up to a certain cash amount, but there some places they're only giving you shop credit. So we're, I mean, and then I don't know, but then of course you talk about taxing and everything is on top of that. So gets a little confusing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is on an, on an amateur level. Um, it's, it's pretty murky right now at best with, with how they're doing things but it's almost to a point where it's it's going to have to be done on the college level it's going to have to start there then it's they're going to have to figure out a way to to sprinkle it over 
Yeah. And I don't know if that's through, um, I don't know, say you're playing well and you, maybe you ink a deal with a tailor made or somebody like that. There there's, there definitely has to be something in there because I don't, I, to me, I never understood why if you're playing real, really well, and you have to find somebody, whether it's your family or a family friend, or let's say it's, let's say, Matt, you're playing really good here in the state and you go talk to Ray Skillman, you know, and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to try to make a run at this, blah, blah, blah. And he says, well, I'm going to back you for X amount of tournaments. I mean, that's what a lot of these, that's, that's how a lot of these guys survive. That's how a lot of these yeah, guys man. got their start. Right. And I mean, it's, it's crazy, but I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do that. I know, I know everybody's going to have to change here and change rapidly, especially if this, I don't know what comes of this deal with the PGA and the, the, yeah. the PIF. I don't know how that framework's going to work out and how they're going to figure that. But right now, if, if you're the PGA tour, man, you got to be really worried if they start plucking amateurs, because if, if you start getting all the number one amateurs, uh, what happens as your uh, Scotty Schefflers, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Rory's, all these guys start getting up at age, and you don't have anybody coming behind them anymore because all your amateurs are going going to another tournament where they can make money and survive. Yeah, I mean, did you that? Uh, what was his James uh, Hyatt? who like last year or the year before was like one of the top amateurs coming out. He went over there and I think he got like freaking like 10, 15 million when he came over there and then he was getting paid all of the, you know, through his, where he finished on the tournament. He, I think he won a tournament and then he's out and he, you know, now he's trying to make, a, I think a run at the Asian tour or whatever, but I'm like the the kid doesn't really have to do anything at this point. <laughs> No, no, he made his money. <laughs> I mean, you're not what what's the chances of you bringing that home your first, you know, your first year in the PGA Tour? Yeah, 100%. Well, and they're making it more difficult to get in too. So like, I don't know if you a lot of people haven't been talking about this, but the Canadian and Latin American Tour are talking about joining up as one tour as well. So now you're you're joining up as one tour on those whenever those are two separate, two totally different er areas, regions, and you're going to play across three different uh, countries. Um, I don't, I mean, I think you're making it harder for everybody to get in and which we've already done. We've already done that. Right. So, and then now you have one tour. Uh, What is only going to happen whenever you have one tour uh, supply and demand, the cost is going to go up for you to try to get in. Right because there's going to be so many people trying to do this and they're going to try to wean out the ones that are not going to be able to make it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, Man, I, th I think, go ahead. I think the other problem is, um, one corn fairy ain't easy. Um, no, <laughs> artist tour. Yeah. They're giving out. I forget. Do they give, I forget how many cards they give out every year. Uh, I think I believe it's the top twenty-five. So, so look look at it like this: so you're taking the PGA Tour is taking the top twenty-five from Corn Ferry, even if that's not right. That's a good number. I like twenty-five. And then 
you're giving out 10 cards to the top players on the DP World Tour. So now you're getting 35 35 guys coming over yeah. with with some kind of a, you know, some kind of exemptions to play. You know, then it's you're right. It's get it's it's almost like getting on the Champions Tour at this point. Yeah. John, what do you think, buddy? You're being off quiet. I mean, this where I was just looking up some stats while you guys were going through this, um, as it relates to the NIL. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back a little bit. Yeah. Out of the NIL, men's football. Obviously, I don't think there's any women's football. Gets they have 51.1 percent of all the NIL money that is out there. The second one is women's basketball is at 17.8 percent. Not men's? men's. Nope. Wow. Okay. Men's basketball is down to fifteen percent, and then the next closest one is women's volleyball at two point four. Men's golf is point three, and women's golf is point two percent, and that's only for U.S. citizen uh, athletes. The yeah, F one they- student visas can't accept the NIL landscape, and they can't accept the deals. Yeah, you get hosed. You get hosed if you have a visa. Yeah, I did read that. I, I mean, it's pretty. Time. It's pretty sad when you think. I mean, I was at Bar Louis the other night watching women's basketball, and I felt like I sat there for thirty minutes, and the score didn't change. I mean, they're getting eight, almost eighteen percent of the nil deals. It's nuts. I mean, women's softball, one point eight. Like, what is going on? Well, well, in my personal, like, I was looking at other articles also. I think that they're almost trying to use the NIL to promote women's sports in general over men's sports. Um, that it's giving women's sports another revenue for them to like showcase what they can do as versus turning on the TV and going to watch it. You know what I mean? Like now they're across all platforms and you can see every single thing that they're doing and ads are inside these platforms now. So of course they're going to be on top of the ads like, Oh, who who is this like and well not her uh Caitlin Clark, you know what I mean? I'm who is this Caitlin Clark good deal? And then you go and see like oh, man, this girl can shoot. Like, holy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they start giving NIL deals to like women's gymnastics and women's volleyball, I could see them because a lot of those girls I've heard, not that I've seen it personally, but on Instagram and TikToks have a huge following. On yeah. some of these some of these college athletes and i guess that that would drive probably because they're you know they might have a half a million or a million followers on the socials and so obviously you know if you're a marketer you want you want to go to the people that get the most views oh there well, yeah well, i just had a curiosity do you know who the uh number three highest paid nil deal is i do not uh, I would say it's uh the what's her face the gymnast I can't remember yeah her name. it's Livy Dunn yeah Livy Dunn oh, from yeah. LSU yeah yeah I figured she's she's on everything she's she's playing the game for sure and then of course uh I don't know if you've noticed but uh, do y'all know who the number one most paid is um. At, at getting seven million dollars annually. Mm. Uh oh yeah, I do. Uh Bronny. Yep, Bronny James. Of course. 
You can't. Get I'm it. still stick stuck on this Olivia Dunn. I accidentally opened up her Instagram. What am I been missing? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's on. She gets a ton of followers because of it. <laughs> she's got. Uh, she's. I've seen. She's on several commercials for some kind of uh, like uh, jogging wear or something. Some kind of clothing line and too. She's on all. I thought she was with Lululemon. Maybe that's what it is. Could be. I don't, I don't disagree with. I think I, it might be. I, I don't disagree with any of that because I think that colleges have finally started smartening up and realized that these these are all young adults are not really kids. These adults have have a a massive platform oh, and yeah. can generate a ton of views and a ton of people interested in the school. You know, uh, and I mean, realistically, women's sports needs all the help it can get anyway. Um, so, I, you know, I'm fine with that. Men's sports like college football. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, <laughs> they yeah. generate enough money. Why in the hell do they even have? Why, why in the hell isn't people just giving them money anyway? I mean, that yeah. makes yeah, that makes no sense. But the I mean, Lib Lib Dunn, she's got Sports Illustrated too. I mean, Sports Illustrated. Uh, she's got a gummy company, multivitamin gummy company. Um, it does look like Lululemon. I mean, Pro Purina Pro Plan dog food. I mean, she is just killing it. Well, well see, this is my my whole issue with it though is like Libby is good at her sport, like clearly. But if we're gonna backtrack, I'm about to throw shade here for a second. Bronny James is not good. What? You know, I thought no. LeBron said he could play for the Lakers right now. I never oh, even heard of my... him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm with you, Matt. I'm with you, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> there is, there is just, you know what I mean? Like he is not good. So where, where are we priority prioritizing our NIL money? Is it to help people and college athletes, or is it just to generate money for people that basically already have it? And we're gonna just make sure that they stay on top of their game and showcase. Or are they? They're not showcasing the school because they can't. You know what I mean? Like, what are they showcasing in that it's regards? The, it's the views, man. It's the fact that it's. What... Well, I'm not gonna get on right now and go watch LeBron or Bronny James highlights because I know what it's gonna be. Is he made a miraculous layup that he hasn't done in two games? Well, I understand that, but people still follow him because of his dad. Yeah, I mean that's, see, that's that's all it is. It's it's it it's it's a pot. It's it is it's it's a popularity contest to a certain extent. But yeah. some of these people, like like Livy and you know some of these, other, they're hustling. No, um, well, it's hundred percent they're hustling. But they're, and, and well, the the thing is, it's like they can't obviously it can't be generated by performance. So, um, but there's a, plenty of people out there that probably are not as tech savvy or uh don't get on and unless they have an agent or somebody that they've hired to help them do this you know what i mean like um like i don't know what Edie gets paid but i'm sure he has an nil deal as well but i guarantee you it's nothing compared to what it probably should be well and that that whole all that definition right there is the part that drives me nuts when people go well you can't get paid for performance and i go well the last time i checked if you can't perform at your particular sport, 
you're not going to get NIL money. I mean, Travis in the biology lab ain't getting his door knocked down by somebody to give him NIL yeah. money. You have to yeah, actually for- perform and be an athlete, be on the team. Yeah. You, you actually, you're, it, and that's that's it. But they're they're literally trying to make it all about social media. They're trying to make it all about clicks and mm-hmm. views, all that yeah. instead of just saying, hey, uh, we're paying you to be on the team. And we're paying you to play. And the better you play, the more views you're going to get anyway. But it should be performance-based, in my opinion. It shouldn't just be like, oh, well, you look cute. You know what I mean? We should give you yeah. Well, and see, yeah, and again, coming into performance, that's where we draw – that's where the issue came in with – um if they were be able if they were actually able to be paid for performance then we're talking about a different subject with um uh gosh how come i just blanked on his name the guy that just won the amateur nick dunlop yeah yeah nick dunlop like we're talking about different he would have got paid you know what i mean like that was a performance that he put on and uh he was able to do um but now that i mean a totally different issue just because i was thinking about it is I think he's honestly just getting screwed in the regards that he gets no FedEx points. Um, he just won a tournament, beat some of the best of the best, and he's coming on the PGA Tour now and starting again from scratch whenever he really should be in the top 20, if that makes any sense. No, I I, I totally get what you're saying, but that's where that's where you, if you're a young golfer and you're of that skill level, that's where a tough decision and and it's only because of that that live is here now that it's a tough yeah. decision on what you do because yes i mean hell why why wouldn't you want to play on the PGA tour i get it yeah but at the same time you can pretty much eliminate a ton of risk mm-hmm. and especially with a deal looming I don't know why he didn't unless he had, you know, unless his parents were talking to him, Hey, you, this is the route you need to follow. If, you know, if you want to lay your, you know, your fingerprints on the PGA tour or in golf history, this is what you're going to have to do. You know, I, I, I don't know how that conversation went. I imagine it's gotta be something like that, that he wants to play out there with those guys. And I mean, he proved he can play. I mean, he beat the, you know, the top, you know, whatever it was, 20 of the top 50, but yeah. you only had three out of the top ten at that tournament. Not saying that would have changed anything because the dude just he just he just wheeled it around there. There's he no did. doubt about that. Under. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But you know, I I, I mean, it, if if it was me coming out of there, man, I, I boy, I would I would definitely have to think about it because that that's a tough one. And le- unless he had something, unless there was something already signed, I mean. People lose sight of the fact that when Tiger Woods came to PGA, he wanted for nothing. I mean, he was mm-hmm. basically already basically already paid by Nike. I mean, he basically yeah. already made enough. He was, I mean, his kids' kids' kids were set basically with that deal. So he wasn't. I mean, and all the all the cool. I, I mean, I know Tiger listens to this podcast. But Tiger, I'm sorry, <laughs> but don't give me your shit about having to dig out of the dirt. When you walked out there with, you know, whatever it was, 50 million, 60 million or whatever that Nike deal was, 
I mean, yeah. did he play well? Did he win amateurs? Did he do all the things? Yes, I understand that, but you're no that's no different than these other guys you know, coming out there. They're coming out, they've done all that stuff. Now what you know, nobody's handing them fifty million. Granted, Tiger Woods is, you know, probably once in a lifetime talent, but that doesn't change the point, you know. Yeah. Well, and he going back to Nick, like if he would have stayed at Alabama, he very well could have changed nil with golf like it, it could have been a totally different thing just because like people are like i don't know i gotta support this kid now we gotta like throw more money into golf because like look at that what they're doing they're beating people on the pga tour and like they possibly wouldn't have well th- nick dunlop was gonna have the opportunity regardless because of the accomplishments he's already made by winning the u.s uh junior am and also the u.s am um only other person to do that besides tiger woods so obviously he was going to be paid regardless but as far as making the decision to go to the pga tour for me i think that's a no-brainer you're given a two-year exemption um to play any of the tournaments you want now you have you're going to have sponsors coming at you left and right to pay for you because you just you're an amateur and you just made it on the pga tour by winning in the first one since phil mickelson um, like, and he knows he's good enough. He's going to make a cut and you make a cut. You you're automatically making your money back in what you're trying to do. So, um, I think he's going to have a successful career, honestly, by what he did. And I think it was the right move in my regards to what he did. Yeah. I, I think, I think time will tell. I, I mean, I think that, yeah, he won this tournament and I know, that's probably what put him over the edge. As soon as he pulled out from the farmers, I knew exactly what was happening because he's hot. He proved to himself that he could compete. Mm-hmm. But man, I'm telling you what, when you when he gets, you know, uh, let's see, Pebble Beach is next. So he's going to run into a, a little bit more talent there. He's going to run into a little bit more uh, different conditions that he's going to be playing in there. Um well, well, you got to think he's playing for Alabama. I, I wouldn't put it past him that he's already played that course. Well, but uh, I mean, that's all well and good. But when you get out there and with the people you're going to be out there with, I and it's it's going to be a little bit different. But oh, starstruck for sure. And then I just think yeah. that it's it's hard. It, that's that's a really hard transition to make. And I'm and like I said, the dude the dude played well, but it's it's one of those things like I would have said when Scheffler, I thought when I watched him in college, I thought that dude was just gonna come out like a buzzsaw and it still took him time. Yeah, it took and, him a while. And it's it's one of those things where how does he react to some diversity at, you know, down the road? He goes to play Pebble Beach, maybe just his games isn't there. Uh, you know, maybe he makes a cut, maybe he doesn't make a cut, or you know, how does he handle those little bit of trials and tribulations as you go along? Because it 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 seems easy until that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and not to mention that I think he is. Uh, I'm looking it up right now, but I believe he's 20 years old. Yeah, he's 20 years old, and so being the one of the youngest on tour by what probably four years, five years. I don't know who the next young, no, there's a, Osh, there's an Asian golfer. Oh, oh, who is it? Is it? Well, that Asian golfer. Yeah, he is young, but I, I don't think that, uh, what's that? Oshtay Batia or whatever. 
he turned pro when he was 17. Well, I guess he's probably about 20 by now, probably. You're probably right. It's probably that Asian guy that's the youngest. Yeah, might be. But, I mean, yeah, he's just – he does he, – he he's going to get a wake-up call, but who knows? Like, maybe this was his moment and he's going to surprise everybody and then make $22 million in the first year like Jordan Spieth did. <laughs> oh yeah it, it it could be man i i you know like that uh ludwig man i that dude can wheel it and i don't know there's there's a lot of decent young talent out there but that that's just a rough transition to make i mean john you know man remember when you came out of uh what was that online college you did you played golf for yeah that was itt tech awesome yeah, there's 24 <laughs> players right now on the PGA that are under 24. Oh, yeah. 24. Yeah. 24 under 24 in wow. 2024. That's, that's wild. That's saying well, a lot of a lot of them just moved up from the uh, Corn Ferry. I mean, Tom Kemp, he's only 21. Yeah, that's who. Yeah, 20, that's who I was thinking of. Is Tom he the Kemp. youngest? Yeah. Uh I think he is the youngest. And you got well, Nikolai Hoggard. Yeah. Uh that no Ashke Bahita that uh he's a internet superstar and Instagram stuff. Yeah. Uh he's twenty one. Yeah, he Let's turned pro at seventeen. Else. That was crazy. Yeah. Gordon Sargent, age twenty. Yeah. He can play. Well, so there is another 20. Oh, I forgot yeah. about Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. He just came in the last year, right? I think. Josh Berry, 18 years old. Whew. Uh, I think Gordon is still playing as an amateur. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He for... Oh, really? Wow. And there's a guy that's 18 on the tour, Josh Berry. Never. Heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> he took on, yeah, he did the, the DP World Tour Q School in the fall of 2023, but he advanced to earn his uh, card for the 2024 season. Really? 16, Blades Brown. You're, man, you're a wealth of knowledge, bud. You're just digging deep in the PJ Tour archives. <laughs> well, it's great. Blades Brown? Yeah, co-medalist in the 2023 USAM, uh, breaking Bobby Jones' 103-year-old record, became the youngest medalist in USAM history. Wow. Tennessee native won state high school title before actually reaching high school. He shot 64-69 as an eighth grader. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he actually play, plays blades. Nick Dunlap shot 59 at 12. I mean that's Indeed. that's crazy. You imagine do you, you imagine his dad saying, "All right, bud, let's go out and play." <laughs> he drops a fifty nine on you. <laughs> I'd be intimidated a little bit. Yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's close to where we're at, really. Uh, yeah. So are you are you guys playing a scramble? <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad. 
Maybe we can take him on, Steve. Two dudes, one cart versus versus Blades Brown. He's 16 years old. Let's see if we can go beat him. <laughs> I, I think the answer is no. No, we can't beat him. You never know, man. Any given day. Dude, if I was hot as I was last Tuesday night at Five Iron, old McCurry got to see that too. Dropping putts, <laughs> chipping it close. Stuffed it. Matt did. It, Matt did say he was a little nervous about coming on with you on here after he saw what you did there. Oh, that one point five <laughs> smash factor every time. He's never seen numbers like that before. He's like, I have, I have never seen somebody lay the club off like that. Shallow it. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me, we are putting up numbers. <laughs> yes, and I'm spinning and spinning it off the toe. It's remarkable. It didn't even touch a groove. Spun it it's off that, the toe. <laughs> it's a one of a kind over the top move that just really gets me in the slot. <laughs> as long never, as it's consistent <laughs> never mind the piece of 80 grit sandpaper he has super glued to the toe of his clubs we can have something <laughs> to grab it. i don't think What's the simulators pick up that no <laughs> well boys uh it's been a good conversation matt i really appreciate you jumping on with us definitely uh, definitely Appreciate wouldn't mind it. wouldn't mind having you back on again, and uh, can't wait to get out there at the Hillview and uh, smack the ball around a little bit. Yeah, and then we can talk about uh, all the bets that have been going on. <laughs> oh yeah. So, John, what do you, you got? Anything to close us out with, Bud? Oh, thanks for jumping on, man. Thanks for subbing um, for Jordan in our league. Uh, we should yeah. probably have it secured. I mean, we went. It was two man scramble last week. Uh, as a team, we went ten under total between the two groups, so that's that should pretty much knock on woods set us up for winning the indie location. Oh yeah, um, and then I can't I cannot wait now that we got a good group at Hillview. You got myself and Dustin over at Ulan, um, and you got Ozzy over at uh, CCI. I think we're going to have some really fun gambling matches uh, this summer. A lot of shit talking, and we we just need warmer weather. But I'm I'm itching. I'm dying to get out there. And we're kind of blessed with the three golf courses. Just those three that we're able to play. Honestly, yeah, yeah and all, all all recipes pretty much besides CCI, but still the guest rate ain't bad. Yeah, no, not yeah, not at all. But well, I don't right. know if I told you, Lawberg. Sorry, that I joined as a member too. So uh, over uh, at CCI? the uh, Five Iron, no Five Iron. Oh, oh, you did. Yeah. So tell so us, now, tell us about that. What does that membership look like? How does it work? I was kind of the guy was trying to sell me on it, and I just like zoned him out because you know I was in the zone. Well, I was there for the league. Don't sell me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, I think the. I believe that they the original promotion was the first hundred people were gonna they're gonna do a hundred dollar um ship for a full year is what it sounds oh, wow. like. Um but they've already exceeded a hundred members and they're still doing the hundred dollar a month deal. Um so basically what I'm doing is I'm just gonna do you don't have to do like commit to a certain month uh, time frame. So I'm just doing this month and next month while it's cold until it gets warm. 
Um, I can go in there daily from Monday to Friday between all member hours are 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, and 6 you get a, yeah, 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. and you get an hour and a half daily for free. Wow. Yeah, that's a good deal. Mm. Yeah, it's a killer deal. Like, and I think Sundays it's short and it's like 6 a.m. to 12 or something like that. But yeah. Saturdays, the only time that you can't get like the free hour and a half. But I mean, yeah. I went today and it was, I mean, like it was nice. Nobody was in there and I just went and played golf in an hour and a half and then hit golf balls afterwards, like with some wedges and got a good sweat session. So, yeah. So for like the guys, the membership would probably be good for the guys that are actually trying to work on their game. They're not, you know, looking to just go play 18 with some buddies. This membership, you know, you can go use the trackman range or do like maybe the, uh, right. the wedge, you know, the club combine that, that I know that's on there. There's a bunch of different yeah, but training they, stuff. It, that you it can is use. a bunch of different training things, but they also like are throwing deals on there to where like if you go out of hours, you get twenty percent off of the deals on the bay. If and also you get twenty percent off of all their food in there as well. Um, oh, you also wow. get you all like their next uh, the scramble that's coming up next on the twenty sixth is when I think it's said or something like that. They get uh, it's a thousand dollars per team, but if you're playing with a member, it's seven fifty. So you get two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, yeah, you get two hundred fifty dollars off of that, and then also they have like a member guest tournament for only fifty dollars, and you can come and just bring in somebody and play in that one as well. Oh, that's cool. So I mean, they yeah. it's crazy that how little I have to pay, but I'm getting all these benefits. But obviously, that's a huge marketing technique, right? Like they're gonna be able to attract a lot more people and the likelihood of me staying is probably pretty good to be honest. For sure. I mean, I, I could see an avid golfer um, and somebody that's trying to improve themselves use that. Uh, but then again, it's like us on a Friday night where, you know, me, you text Tony went out there on a Friday night from like eight to 10, eight to 11, you're getting 20% off that rental rate too. Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah. That's a great deal. Honestly. And plus the it's food. A, I mean the. I mean, what do you the think food about is good. food? Dude, the food is amazing. Yeah, I mean the I'm smash burgers. That the chicken was so great. Oh, yeah. The fries are crispy. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're gonna that, get, uh, that you. You the got urinal that water up. was a little cold though. You got that lined up, John, for him to be on the podcast. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, we got what? that going. Only complaint I have against Five Iron right now is that the urinals water is very cold, not very deep. Um, don't <laughs> ask me how I know that. Had a little splash issue. <laughs> it just sometimes it sinks down there a little bit, Bob. It's a warm day. It's <laughs> Well, all right, boys. I appreciate you guys jumping on, and uh, let's do this again. Yeah. All right, guys. For sure. Appreciate it. Yep. Have yep. a good night, fellas.